Hey, welcome to Community Baptist Church Podcast. So this is kind of a recap of what we discussed on Sunday morning, on our Easter Sunday morning. And so I'd like to just go through and talk about some recap of some things that we discussed. And um, I wanted to say that we often look at Christianity as in what we can take away from it. I mean, you think about all the songs you listen to. You think about when it's talking about mercy and it's talking about grace, uh, redemption, justification, sanctification, and what it is, what is in it for us. I mean, how many songs out there are written about heaven and us going to heaven and walking on the street of gold and, and all these different things that we see. But, you know, one of the other sides is to this is what did Christ take away? You know, Let's be honest, human beings are really um, in it for us. I mean, that's the sin part of us. Uh, think about businesses. I mean, if people aren't making money, then they're going to get out of business. But oftentimes we see in the world where they don't mind stepping all over somebody else just uh, to make a dollar. Um, if it doesn't matter if an employee has been there faithfully for 20 years in a company and all of a sudden somebody with less experience and younger, you know, making $5 less an hour will oftentimes, you know, remove that person that's been there for 25 years out of their job. We see it in homes. You know, there's an entitlement uh, with our children and or with the spouse or um, where they feel like that the other people are there to serve them. How many times have you had to pick up your kids' clothes off the floor? We have a saying around my house where if there's something that's left undone, if the dishes are in the sink or a towel's on the floor, then I will bring my kids in there and show them and say, look, I know that you wanted somebody else to do this. And immediately they're like, no, 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 I, I, that's not what I wanted. But if if a person is about them, then they're going to expect other people just to do it and to take over. So somebody has to pick up that towel. Somebody has to put that dish in the sink. And and we see it in churches. I mean, sadly, I mean, if a church is not satisfying a person, then all of a sudden we see that they leave a church and they go to another church and then they go to another church because they didn't like what the preacher had to say or they didn't like the music or they didn't like this or that. And, and some of the people in churches, man, they'll bounce around from church to church just because they want to find out what's in it for them. You know, how good is the children's program for us? And, and honestly, these are the people that probably complain the most because they're not happy about something. But these are often the people that give the least uh, financially, but also in service. So in our human nature, we often look as what did we benefit from it? So when you look at the death, burial, and resurrection, we see what did we benefit from it? And what, what did we get? So Sunday, I actually talked about not what we benefited, what we got, but what did Christ take away? What did Christ remove? And as we look at this, the very first thing that we saw was the removal of sin. John chapter 1 verse 29 says the next day he saw Jesus coming and he is John the Baptist and he said behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. It's called expiation. 
It's the removal of sin, but not only the removal of sin, the removal of guilt. How many times have you still have been guilty even though the sin is gone? There's something that our society has taught us, and it's that we need to learn how to forgive ourselves. And that is not a scriptural principle at all. You see, forgiveness is a two-way street. And there has to be one who offers the forgiveness and one who gives the forgiveness. If you have to forgive yourself, that is just a one party. The truth is, is we need to learn to receive the forgiveness of God and know that he is forgiveness and accept that forgiveness and understand that not only the sin is gone, but the guilt of that is gone too. And Christ removes the sin and he removes the guilt also. And what happened on the cross was the guilt of our sin was taken away and it was all placed on Jesus Christ through his death. Hebrews 9.26, but now once at the consummation of the ages, he has been revealed to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, as we're going to see in just a little bit, that, yeah, we still sin. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. That's not talking to unbelievers. That's talking to believers. Because we still mess up. We still sin. And we need that forgiveness. And when we receive that forgiveness and we ask him, confess it, and walk away from it, then we are forgiven. So the very first thing we see the expiation is the removal of sin. But the second thing that God took away was propitiation. It's the removal of his wrath. I am so thankful that the wrath of God is not going to fall on me now or in the future. When Jesus Christ was on that cross in 1 John 4.10, he says, in this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What is he talking about? He says, Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God. You and I will never understand what that's like. Hebrews 2 says, therefore in all things he had to be made like his brothers, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make the propitiation for the sins of the people. He was the one, the only one, that could remove the wrath of God. God already loved us. And that's the whole reason he sent his son. And so it turns his wrath into favor so that his love may realize its purpose of doing good to us every day in all things forever without sacrificing his justice or his holiness. So we see it's the removal of sin, but also the removal of God's wrath. But I'm thankful for this. It's the removal of alienation from God. I don't know about you, but there's times where I don't feel like God's close to me. There's times where if I'm sick or I'm down or just discouraged that I feel like he's not there. I'm thankful for the passage that said, for he will never leave us nor forsake us. The reason that he will never leave us or forsake us is not because of us. It's because of Jesus Christ. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says, For if while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see, Jesus Christ on the cross, for those who have put their faith and trust in him, have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I now have a relationship. Some of you are not reconciled to certain family members, co-workers, people that used to be your friends or even acquaintances. You have a broken relationship. And see, every man was born with a broken relationship to God. And the confession, repentance of our sin, receiving Jesus Christ's gift is what removes that alienation from God. And it's only through the death of his son. Romans 5.11, we continue on and it says, And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Who's we? We as those who have received this gift. So we see what God has taken away is he's, he's removed the sin through his son. He's removed his wrath and placed it on his son. He also removed the alienation. Do you remember Jesus, what he said on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God could not look down upon the sin of mankind that's been placed upon Christ. And at that time, Jesus Christ, for the first time, understood what it was like not to be in the Father's presence. What, how terrible that must have been. But here's another one, is the removal of the ransom. You see, in 1932, Charles Lindbergh's son was uh, taken from his room. When his parents woke up and realized he was gone, the people who took him set a ransom and Charles Lindbergh paid about $70,000 in 1932. That was a tremendous amount of money. There had to be a ransom that was paid to receive the son back. Sadly, through an accident, the son had already died, but the captors pretended as if he was alive. You know, there's always been a price for sin. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned in the garden, there was a price. And the way God established it and why he did it this way, because this is the way he was going to reconcile man. But he started in Exodus when it says, each day you shall offer a bull as a sign of a sin offering for atonement. The sin offering was the blood of bulls and goats and lambs. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And so each day there would be, the animals would be sacrificed. It would be a daily, a monthly, or a yearly sacrifice, depending on what the sin was. There's no telling how many animals have been sacrificed as a result to cover man's sin. Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There's a price. There's a price for our sin. In fact, many people don't, don't even believe that they really sin. You know, the Bible says if we've broken one of his laws, we've broken them all. So if you say, I've only lied, I've only cheated, I have never done what somebody else has done. Remember, the Bible says if 
if we've lusted after somebody in our heart, we've committed adultery in our heart, if we've hated somebody, we've committed murder in our heart. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is this. When Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, he paid that ransom. Hebrews 9.12 says, And not through the blood of bulls and goats and calves and lambs, but through his own blood. He entered in the holy place once for all time, having obtained the eternal redemption. Once for all time. You see, Roman Catholicism teaches this. The reason that Jesus Christ and their belief that he's on the cross, that every time they sin, they have to re-crucify Christ over and over. You see, when Jesus entered into heaven, he went into God's presence and presented himself as the sacrificial lamb once and for all. It was completed and he attained the eternal redemption. He paid the ransom that we could not pay. We could not pay it ourselves. He was the perfect lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So not only the removal of sin, the removal of God's wrath, the removal of the alienation from God. He removed our ransom, but then fifthly, he removed the power of sin. So many people live a defeated life. Romans 6.18 says, And after being freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. Romans 6.20, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in relation to righteousness. Romans 6, But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derived your benefit resulting in sanctification, meaning a purified life. You don't have to walk around defeated and, and overtaken by your sin. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he also freed us from the sin, from the guilt of sin, that it doesn't have power over you any longer. You do not have to live this defeated life. And the last thing that he removed is our death. The Bible says, and God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That Jesus gave himself up for me, Galatians 2. And then Galatians 3 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become the curse for us. You do not have to die for your sins because you can't. That Jesus Christ has already taken that death for you so that you can live an eternal life with God forever. Hell was never created for you or for me. It was created for Satan and his demons. But the only reason that you're going to go to hell is because you have rejected the call of Jesus Christ. My friend, I'm begging you today. That God has already removed the alienation, the ransom, the power of sin. He removed where you do not have to die this death and live in an eternal hell. You don't have to experience the wrath of God for eternity and He, because he removed the sin. I pray today that if God has been calling you out of darkness into this marvelous light, that you will confess your sins and receive this gift understanding there's this is not something you can buy you cannot purchase it you cannot be good enough because our best is as filthy rags it's a bloody rag the very best we have to offer i pray that you would turn your heart to god and thank him as a believer for what he took 
but not also that for what he gave the mercy the grace the justification the sanctification but remember what he removed god bless hope you have a great day